Hello, and welcome Hello. to... Really thought I was getting away with that. Welcome to you another edition. You can't get away with anything with me. Mm, Let's welcome, be clear. Uh, welcome to another edition <laughs> of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. The voice you heard is, for now, my colleague, what? Catherine Rubina. <laughs> what? No, you can't I, fire me. Unilaterally, certainly. Well, no. I, you, I, for now. I mean, if people are just checking on the show after years and wondering where Ellie is, I'm just letting them know. I've been the co-host for over a year. It's been a while, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even before then, I was a regular visitor to the podcast. So hopefully people are at least passingly familiar with the mm. dulcet tones of my voice. Fair enough. So we're uh, we're from above the law. And uh, hopefully you're reading that. Uh, but we also do this show to have a little opportunity to talk about some of the big stories that we had from the previous week. Give us an opportunity to kind of wax chat philosophically about yeah, uh, give things each other that came a up. fair amount of shit. Yeah, that seems to be that's, oh, well. That's uh, certainly how this has developed. Uh, I, mean, I don't. That know. is kind of the highlight of the podcast for me personally. Yeah, I noticed, and um, yeah, I think yeah. I think everyone has and appreciates it. Actually, every your definition of everyone is not complete. Uh, <laughs> yes, Joe. Yeah. Anything cool that you've been doing you want to report in I this mean, in this section of the show that we just... call random chit chat. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. So this weekend uh, was a good deal colder than you would expect for uh, the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. So I... That's what I was doing. I hung outside with a bunch of friends, but we had a heater on even though we were outside because it was in the 60s and that is entirely too cold for August. Just just FYI. Yeah. For those of you listening to us from the West Coast, we're sorry because this seems like we're mocking your... Your situation. I mean, it's all part of cataclysmic climate change, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's um, not great. Yeah, yeah. That, on that, I'm lift, up but like, I haven't, now. I haven't even like wanted to go swimming hardly at all this year, because mm. except when I was visiting my family in Texas, because it's been too cold. It ha- it's not swimming weather in my mind. Mm. How about you? What did you do this weekend? Uh, so I watched Looney Tunes. You watched Looney Tunes? Yeah. So uh, it came to my attention. I did not know this, mm-hmm. but that my as part of my cable package, I have access to an on-demand thing that has the entire catalog of Looney Tunes, which I had not known, but was exciting for me. Watched some Wile E. Coyote, and uh, yeah. I also had some folks over, and they had a young child, a five-year-old, who was seeing Wile E. Coyote for the first time. Oh, uh, and just felt, A, laughed hysterically throughout it, and B, felt it was very important to keep turning to me to let me know that she doesn't think the plan's going to work. <laughs> Just every every time Wiley would come up with a new acne she thing, she'd turn out, and huh? be like, it's not going to work. And I was like, that, that is going to be how this gag ends, yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 there was something kind of pure about how she really felt like I needed to know that, like I needed this, my hand held through that work. process. Yeah, no, and it's it's interesting. I remember, uh, you know, back in the 90s or whatever, there were all those Warner Brothers stores, and I felt like Warner oh, Brothers yeah. uh, took up a, a larger percentage of kind of the cultural zeitgeist or whatever. And now they have Space Jams 2, I guess, which is part of this whole... Yeah. Is, is is Looney Tunes coming back? Is Warner Brothers going to be a thing again? We'll see. Yeah. No, it, uh, and from what I can tell from their box office numbers, no, is oh, the no. answer to that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, cartoons, and they were fun. I really enjoyed you them. You had a, a jam-packed weekend, it sounds yeah. like. And this concludes Random Chit Chat. 
I don't know why I'm playing with the soundboard right now. Well, it, it does make me personally happy, so I approve. Yeah. So I mean, hey. I know that you do most things for my personal approval. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So what uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about first? We have some stories that we have, in a planning way, actually talked about what we might talk about on the show. So there won't be any surprises. Did so we? what do you think you want to talk about first? And you're staring at me blankly. I feel. I feel See, like this I, is. Why, I feel like a deer. I don't understand why these pre-production caught. meetings even happen. <laughs> Just nobody listens to me. I try so hard. I think. I think that's a you problem. Uh, the bar exam was last week. The bar exam was last week. How'd that go? Not great. <laughs> it will be the last time that we do a bar exam remotely, at least barring the Delta variant might have something else to say, happening. But yeah. yeah, but it seems as though this is the last run of remote ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was people's computers crashed mid-exam. So I know historically there was that that example, like one of the one years ago now, like five or six years ago, whatever it was, when ExamSoft went down for practically everybody in the country. Were, yes. Are we talking on that scale again? or It's unclear. Okay. Uh, as of now, the individual bar exams who have been asked for comment have no estimate on how many people were impacted. We know from social media that it seems like a lot of people, mm. uh, but that's about all that we have. What basically happened is mid-exam, they would get what those of us who are old enough to have used old school like Windows 98 sort of systems would call the blue screen of death Oh no! Uh, would come up in the middle of the exam. It was very terrifying for people. Mm, it was I, very it problematic for bar exams because no one was really around to help. Uh, ExamSoft was not necessarily responding immediately. Uh, there was one case where somebody, the only way they could get a hold of ExamSoft was to tweet at them which is not ideal. And they got an answer five minutes later that said, please have all this conversation in our DMs. I guess they don't want that they publicly don't want, visible, they don't want, yeah. people are upset. So but, these were folks who were trying to take the bar exam from home, uh, uh, generally uh, speaking. Yeah, it, well, generally speaking, because that's where you have mm-hmm. less help. But we have people who were asked questions like, do I have to go to the next section when I come back? Do I have to close out this section and go to the next one, even though there's an hour left in this section? Uh, Stuff like that was happening. Uh, Some people were down for an extended period, uh, at least at first, New York at least, at first was telling folks they do not get that time back that they lost on the questions. But that was an early report when Uh I think they thought Hopefully, it was, was they limited. thought it was yeah. a limited issue. Right, right. Maybe by now it's changed. There are people who are groups who have are putting together petitions to ask the state supreme courts to step in and force kind of a cooler head prevailing situation. Uh, where we this doesn't seem great. And I mean, there is a distinction too. I think between the kind of historic exam soft debacle when everybody kind of in a room were like, oh, we're all having this problem. There's a sort of right. comfort in knowing that you're not alone. But when you're kind of isolated by circumstance to do it, you know, from a remote location, and if you are the only one, there's not going to be any any remedy for you, right? So there's that additional panic that kind of sits in. If it's a if it's this system failure, one certainly hopes that, you know, cooler heads prevail, as you mentioned. But if you really are worried that you're alone in this, that is... Yes. Terrified. Yeah. And and that is kind of what happened. A lot of people were isolated and mm-hmm. felt they were the only ones right. having this issue. Is it ultimately the uh, the bar exams put out statements saying if everyone hard reboots their computer before every session, we think it will be okay, which seems to have solved the problem for people. Uh, ExamSoft uh, released I, a statement. That's not great, though. No. That's not a great thing. <laughs> well, ExamSoft released a statement, and they feel that 
they're still investigating, but they've looked at the problem and they have come to the conclusion that it's obviously not their fault. Uh, <laughs> it's just a coincidence that multiple jurisdictions and it's people. yeah, well, it's obviously everyone else's fault, but theirs, which you may recall from when a number of senators, Elizabeth Warren and a bunch of other senators complained to Examsoft about the previous administration of mm-hmm. the remote bar exam about the issues people were having with facial recognition software and their response to those senators at the time was a letter saying, we think that's their faults, not ours. Even though this was a flagged issue that the facial recognition software didn't work, they said, we assume that's just that people have bad lighting. So this idea of blaming everybody but yourselves is... It's it's a trend. Yeah, it's a thing they come back to a lot. At this point, their argument is we assume that everyone had computers that didn't have enough memory. The problem with this, (laughs) so there are two problems with this, as as far as I can tell. One, assume they're right that that's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's still ExamSoft's fault. We had mock exams. Mm -hmm. We had Mm -hmm. troubleshooting sessions. There were instructions. If the issue is that these computers had a fundamental memory problem, then how was that not found beforehand and addressed? Right, right. Two, we have reason to believe that maybe... Maybe, maybe, maybe they're wrong. That's not the issue. Uh, it sparked a number of back and forth on Reddit in particular, which is, you know, of social medias, it's very bulletin boardy. So people mm-hmm. are going back and forth explaining their situation. Like, I have a brand new computer that had eight gigs. I have a brand new, you know, like all of this sort of thing. Yeah, it's problematic that the the go-to response is, is always, it's somebody else's fault. And there doesn't seem to be much motivation for the individual jurisdictions to find a different provider. Yeah, I mean, well, there isn't one is the one thing. Mm-hmm. There are True. three companies really in this space. One of them was behind the Indiana and Michigan exams that crashed mm-hmm. and burned early. And so they are out of the space. There's ExamSoft and then there's Extegrity. And Extegrity was the one who released a statement very early on in the pandemic saying, we, can't we understand <laughs> that you want this. We have looked at what it would take to make this happen. And we do not feel confident that those technical hurdles can be overcome to create a stable system in this short of a turnaround. And what we're finding is, is that there's statement. not a stable system. And it, it seems yeah. as though Extegrity may have been right about their <laughs> estimation of what you can do and, and in a And fundamentally lost out for actually being honest. Yeah. And look, ExamSoft, obviously, and that's the other thing people make mention of, is that ExamSoft, obviously, is a provider that does a lot of, like, law school exams and such. Mm -hmm. And people are saying on these boards, I've used ExamSoft the entire time through my law school career, and it's never crashed on this computer until now, suggesting, as expected (laughs) by a lot of people, that this is a problem with the bells and whistles that have been added to this to make a bar Specifically for the bar, Yeah. yeah. And... That's where you get into trouble when you start bolting stuff on with not mm-hmm. a lot of turnaround yeah. and troubleshooting. Uh, so it's very unfortunate. We're following this story. Hopefully, I mean, we've used the phrase cooler heads prevail. Hopefully someone will come along and say, we're just not going to let this go forward where you can have a profession altering debacle yeah. happen to you just because we didn't really plan this out all that well. I mean, that's not they're not going to do that, right? Right, because we're talking about bar examiners. Right, but right, right. Uh, just, just, you know, we can wish and hope, but the reality will likely fall far short of that. Yeah. Uh, it, really problematic. We're hopeful for all of you out there. Um, as of right now, there's not much you can do, but just kind of stay strong until, you know, Thanksgiving or whenever they actually tell you what happened in this exam. Yeah, it's not... Uh, Stressful. Yeah, it's not the smoothest 
bar exams aren't the smoothest operation. Mm -hmm. uh, you could really streamline how they oh, go about and administer streamline. those things. Can you, could you streamline it? Yeah, you what could, else yeah. can you streamline, I wonder? Administrative tasks oh, as a general. Good yeah. Good so uh, let's make this the opportunity where we hear from Lexicon. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more. All right. So mm -hmm. uh, the other story that has been in the news is... I think we've we've talked on the show. We've obviously you've seen not just from me, but from basically everybody who writes in the legal space has had an Amy Chua story uh, lately. Amy Chua, Yale law professor, mm -hmm. uh, known to people who haven't followed legal circles their whole life as the Tiger Mom. <laughs> that's how she got kind of pop culture famous. Uh, she's in a bit of trouble because she has been meeting with students. It appears, at least according to the well, allegations, that doesn't sound. Terror. That sounds maybe like a good thing. Right, that's what a professor should do. But she's been meeting with students in her home, and apparently, from what people say and we can gather, a condition of her continued employment at Yale Law School was that she stopped doing that. And the reason stems from the fact that her husband has been put on a couple years suspension because an independent investigation determined there were some sexual harassment issues. Mm. And so... So so maybe they didn't want law school students in the same Hanging home. out in that yeah. house, yeah. yeah. So... Well. She got in trouble uh, over that, uh, not fired or anything, but just told that she could no longer have those kind of groups. Right, and then it, it kind of launched her own personal she, PR campaign in response. Yes, where she did a number of interviews, all of which weirdly involve her inviting the reporters over to her house, almost <laughs> like she doesn't get what the fundamental problem <laughs> is, which is a dogged determination to make sure everyone hangs out in her house. Uh, anyway, so that's been it's talked about a lot. a really nice house. Yeah, oh, from what I can tell, it is. Uh, <laughs> but this has been a big conversation in both legal circles and in academic circles. And mm -hmm. there was uh, there was been a little bit of blowback on social media where some reporters who talk about this were making the joke that the world's Amy Chua coverage has gotten out of hand. We talk <laughs> about like 88% of all of our stories about this, and it's not as important as other issues. And, you know, a law school dean got involved and said, yeah, that's kind of an above-the-law problem because we kind of inspire that kind of fixation on gossipy things, which I push back against because, and I and I know him and he agrees ultimately once we talked through it, which is that while we do talk a lot about gossip stuff, this transcends gossip. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually important. If there is a situation in which bad things have happened, went unchecked for several years, and now it are happening again, like that should so, be brought to light. Also, I mean, gossip is a, also a way to downplay the import of things like whisper networks, right? Yeah. If there are, you know, taking it outside of the specific example here, but when there are allegations of sexual harassment or other problematic actors, oftentimes the only way folks know about it is through informal gossipy sort of channels. And what we found through the entirety of the Me Too movement, right, is that these yeah. are actually very valuable, particularly for vulnerable populations to have access to and to know about. And sure, maybe, you know, we report 
a lot of things in more of a gossipy tone. But I do think that like making sure that there's this kind of transparency Mm -hmm. and knowledge that transcends just those who happen to be in the know is incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, It's it's not okay to just say, oh, it's just, it's a rumor. It's a gossip. It's gossip. It's not important. What we know is that gossip is often very important. Yeah. And obviously he'd read and all. And so we moved on, didn't want to like call him out on that, but it, it is, it is a sign of how people, you know, can sometimes think that like, uh, you know, we've overtold the story and because, you know, at a certain point it becomes when you see it every day for mm-hmm. weeks and weeks and weeks, there's a fatigue that sets in and sure. this is a situation where fatigue may not be necessary. I will also say there's a situation in which, uh, Yale, uh, uh <laughs> there's new reports that the students who met with her might be getting in trouble with Yale. They're not the ones who signed the agreement, right? She's the one who said that she right. would not meet with the students. They did not say that. Apparently though, they knew they weren't supposed to be meeting with her. And so they're going to get in trouble, uh, or potentially, which bothers me oh, to no end because deep sigh, which bothers me to no end because listen, it's not their fault. Nope. If a powerful professor, no matter what's going on with their deal, takes an interest in helping me, I'm going to meet with that person, right? If I'm a student. And that's the other thing, not for nothing. Let's give credit. She is known as being very helpful to students mm-hmm. who, you mm-hmm. know, she gets involved you know, yeah, she doesn't years, get involved in, with every student. Yeah, but she was, extent, For years, she, she was in charge of the uh, clerkship, clerkship program. program no, she school. is very helpful mm-hmm. to people. She is generous with her time on that front. And so if she's going to help you, you have to go do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she gave recommendations apparently to them about what they should do with their law school career that they followed. And, you know, she was probably right about that. That's not really the point here, right. though. But it still means, no, you don't punish the students for doing, you know, what you have to do as a student. And so that that's really problematic. And I hope that doesn't come to pass and that, I, should we just call this episode Cooler Heads Prevail? Because hey, I think <laughs> this is where this comes in. I hope that nobody gets in trouble there because it, it wasn't their fault. And, you know, I, as for her involvement, if she ever is allowed to have these sorts of meetings with kids again, I don't want to say kids. Students. Students, yeah, Students, because they yeah. aren't necessarily kids, even though I'm maybe older than them. Uh, <laughs> if she does get the opportunity to meet with students again, you know, you can meet at the Starbucks. It's fine. Right, right, right. There, there are coffee shops yeah. plenty. Or, you know, we used to, when I was a, when I was young, we called, them, my day. we called them office hours because they would have an <laughs> office that you could go to. I understand there was a lockdown at the time, but uh, still. Anyway, so. Um, there are parks and public spaces. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you went to law school to oh, be a lawyer. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You did. Yeah. Not, not an account- accountant. Not an accountant. Oh, which, and uh, as far as we know, there was not accounting advice being given here, which is professionally <laughs> proper. But you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA, a no-cost IELTS management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. So... I think the other big story of the week, we kind of mentioned it on last year's, uh, last week's podcast, but it is- It felt like a year ago. It's been a really long week. Uh, Anyway, it was uh, about going back to the office and the big law firms or or elite law firms that are requiring vaccinations. There's actually, we have a more full list than what we talked about last week, but the firms that are currently, that we know about that are currently requiring vaccinations before they return to the office are Cooley, Clifford Chance, Davis Wright Tremaine, Dickinson Wright, Fenwick and West, Hanson Bridget, Hogan Lovells, Houston Hennigan, Lonestein Stanler, Mintz, 
Paul Weiss, Sanford Heisler, Wild Gottschall, Aaron Fox, and Davis Polk. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a list. That is. That is. That that's is. Quite a list. I, I, I always, when we talked about Clifford Chance kind of being an, an early one, was it was the forcefulness of the statement because I I know that some of those firms have very much gave a, you know, you should be vaccinated if you come back mm-hmm. here. There wasn't really a or else to it. And your point is that Davis Polk, the most recent one that we've heard from, may have the strongest. Or, or else. else. Yeah, this is the first firm that has an actual enforcement mechanism, near as I can tell, for the vaccination requirement. They are going to shut off folks' ID card access to the physical firm location if they are not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so you can't you can't go to the office. They're not going to like depend on you to just keep to it's not going to be the honor system. It's yeah. going to be no, you don't you can't swipe in. Yeah, which, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I think there are lots of questions that folks have about this. You know, is this the end of it? If they can't go to the office, will their services no longer be required? Does it depend on what their role at the firm is? If you have maybe a service role at the firm that does function better within service and you're not willing to get be vaccinated, what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. Those are very much open questions. Um, the firm said that they are, would be an appeals process, but nothing would be guaranteed in terms of whether or not they would approve it or under what conditions or or any of that kind of stuff. So very early days in the sense that uh, it, they just announced the new program within the past week or so. So we don't really know how it'll all shake out, but that is the most forceful statement that we've seen. It's the first one that said, these are the very specific consequences for refusing to be vaccinated. Yeah, and that we aren't going to take the risk, even though we mm-hmm. will probably have some hybrid and flexible working models going forward, at least for a while. We're not going to take the risk that even though you could work from home and could come to the office, we're not taking the risk that you pop into the office if you haven't uh, been vaccinated. Been vaccinated. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that there's definitely a lack of trust for people who haven't been vaccinated, who have access to vaccines. You know, in this country, they are widely available. Uh, and if you haven't availed yourself of a vaccine, Yes, then I think that they, it's not just on the honor system. I think that, you know, you go to grocery stores or said and it's like only masks for the vaccinated and you see like yeah. children without masks or something like that and you know that anybody under 12 cannot be vaccinated and they're there with their parents and the parents are totally fine with the, you know, yeah. kids not wearing masks. And it makes one wonder if, if do we really have a 100% vaccination rate in this area or is everyone just kind of given up if they haven't been vaccinated? You know? Yeah. It, and the it, Delta variant certainly seems to be very taking advantage of this. Seems gap. problematic. Yeah. 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 No. So uh, good to know that firms, uh, that kind of the floodgates opening, not mm-hmm. just with firms making mandates, but also now we're starting to see now that there is an enforcement mechanism somebody's come out with that mm-hmm. we're probably going to start seeing mm-hmm. some of those other firms adopt that, I yeah. would assume. And and we've also gotten some tips at Above the Law. You can always email us. It's tips at com. Just a little plug there where folks are wondering and potentially worrying uh, that they will fire folks who are not vaccinated. Yeah. We have not, there's no official statement about that at all on any level on any firms near as we can tell. But I think that it is uh, something that's part of the conversation that's going on within the big law community. Yeah. Interesting week. Uh, well, maybe all those people will get vaccinated. Maybe, you know, cooler heads will prevail. Oh. Get that. I don't know. Like, it, I mean, you trying to go with the theme here. You're trying. You're, you're like, and that's a theme that kind of came holding. up organically. It didn't come up in our pre production meeting. I don't know why. Did we have a pre production meeting? So- we did. Uh, did I, we? I I don't know where you were. I mean, no. you were there. Was I? Apparently not. Like, were you though? Did we have this meeting two weeks ago. I don't no. Really know. No, no, no. Couldn't do it two weeks That's ago. What I'm These saying. are new stories. That's what I'm saying. 
it's an hour before the show. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean you, I, you were plugged in. Like, I saw your face, but apparently... I, I, I remember writing stories an hour before the show so that we could have something to publish as we record. That's fair. Is what I mostly remember. Mm. <laughs> so, anyway. Sorry, I'm, I'll, be, I'll I'm try, so I'll try to pay more attention to the pre-production meeting next week. All right. But yeah. I'll try. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Is an, an earnest effort will be made. I th- yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, so we can be done now. Uh, You're done with me. <laughs> Wits end. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so thanks for listening. You should be subscribed to the show. Give it reviews. Write something about it. Uh, let's more people know it's out there. Uh, you should listen to our other shows. She's the host of The Jabot. I'm a participant in the Legal Tech Week Journalist Round Table. <laughs> it, it doesn't roll off the tongue, so I always got to like take a you second. You can write it down and then read it. I mean, then I lose kind of the free-flowing nature. But it might make it roll off the tongue a little bit better. Mm. And it wouldn't sound so labored every time you're trying to struggle for the word table. Listen to some of the other shows (laughs) of the Legal Talk Network. Obviously, even the ones we don't host, you should be reading above the law. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Catherine One. That's the numeral one. He's at Joseph Patrice. That was really great. You're taking uh, initiative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, you you looked like you are on the struggle bus. Uh, Do you have I, a long weekend? I, don't know. I was about to cough, so oh. I was trying to suppress that. And I thought I would cough and we'd edit that out and I'd just keep going, but you just jumped right in there, which made me trying to prevent the cough even more difficult because now I couldn't cough because you were talking. Uh, but I still appreciate the gesture, so I'm not going to be, you know. I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you, even if I don't pay attention in the pre-production like meetings. It. Yeah, and uh, what else? Uh, thanks to Nota Powered by MT Bank and uh, Lexicon for hosting uh sponsoring we're hosting oh right sponsor yeah okay struggle bus i'm trying (sighs) (laughs) with all that said uh we will check in with everybody again next week peace